Welcome to today's podcast, Global Citizen Life. Today we have Claire joining us. Thank you, Claire, for your time today. Thank you. Great to be here, Sally. And so can you tell us a little bit about your journey, um, where you lived before, where you're living now, and a little bit of how that came about? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm originally from the UK and I currently live in Spain. Um, and I fell in love with the country. Well, I fell in love with travel really first before I fell in love with Spain um, many, many years ago. And we've been sort of spending all of our disposable income, if you like, on travel for a long time. And as my children got older, I wanted to explore the world a little more. And I have a business that allows me to work from anywhere. So um, three years ago, we decided to finally make the move and, and come on out here permanently. Excellent. And and so whereabouts in Spain are you? Uh, we're just north of Valencia in a small kind of village right on the coast. Um, very, very Spanish. We didn't go, did, we didn't want to go for the big expat kind of um, lifestyle, really. We wanted to integrate a little bit more. Okay, well, that's great. And I'm just asking because I've spent um, almost five years in Barcelona. So oh, okay. originally from Canada, I moved to Costa Rica, moved to Barcelona, I still travel a lot and I, I also spend time in Montenegro as well. I've got a, a place there. So I understand how the, the travel bug hits first. And, and Spain is a very beautiful country. So you're in, you're in Barcelona now, are you? Currently, right now, I'm in Canada, but I will be heading back in about a month, a little over a couple of days, um, more than, than a month. I'll be, I'll be back in Barcelona for a while. Oh, cool. Barcelona. So yeah, visiting every, every kind of summer time. I, I come to Canada to visit family and friends and things. Um, I try to avoid Christmas and winter, mostly winter. I love Christmas, but it's the winter. I come back for Christmas mm, once every four years, maybe. And, and that's enough. Last time I was here for Christmas, when I flew out, it was minus 44 degrees Celsius. Oh, wow. So that's I'm very good for many years to avoid winter. <laughs> oh, wow. That's really cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that that was a, a big part of the reason of of me relocating and and moving. Um, lifestyle change a bit, but definitely weather played a huge part of it for me. Yeah, sure. There's no, there's nothing better than just being able to go outside and not have to worry about the weather too much. Like the UK is obviously very famous for being very rainy, grey, mm-hmm. um, which is quite a lot of the year. So for us trying to get away from that and just be in an environment where it's a little bit warmer the sun's shining people are outside more it's a bit of a healthier lifestyle out here just just really appealed to us definitely and you you said that you moved with your kids so how old were your were your kids when you moved yeah I've got three and the two eldest stayed back in the UK they they were at university um, and then my youngest son was 13 when we moved so that was a bit of a challenge from a language point of view him kind of Mm -hmm. integrating into the schooling system and things um that was quite tricky but he's great now he speaks fluent Spanish so he puts me to shame (laughs) that's great and I I know what it's like when we first left Canada my daughter was 13 and moving to Costa Rica was very challenging um, she did well in Spanish class in school, but refused to speak it outside of school and basically said, 
um, the, the years that she was there was the worst years of her life and absolutely hated it. Um, so it was not a good experience for her. Um, I mean, you know, it, it wasn't terrible. Like she lived, she thrived, she did well, but personally for her feelings, um, she, she really hated it. And, and so that's why I was asking because with age groups and, and individual kids vary as well, but being also 13 for her, maybe for a girl going from a big city to a small town, I think when we were there, there was maybe 20,000 people or something, nothing like not big, there's no malls around, no things like that. We were in Tamarindo um, and even it's changed a lot over the last 12 years from when we were there, but it, for her, it was very challenging. Yeah, I can imagine. I think with, with my son, he's very kind of open and extrovert and he's always found it quite easy to talk to people. Whereas my two older girls, I think they would have really struggled actually. Um, they're a little bit more shy and reserved. Um, and I think, whereas whereas my son just will go up and talk to anyone. Oh, I think good. that helps a little bit. Even, mm-hmm. even when you're struggling with the language, you can kind of work out how to communicate with people can't you especially when you're younger like that so right right and when they're younger they just pick it up way better than we do I remember one time my my parents were visiting and we were in a shop and a lady of course was speaking to me in Spanish and and my my Spanish still not good um but I kind of understood the gist of what she was saying and so I said to my mom oh this is what she said and my daughter looks at me she's like wow, you're getting good, mom. And I'm like, well, I mean, I can understand because of the situation we're in, but she she definitely uh, picked up things a lot faster than I did. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like little sponges, aren't they? They are, <laughs> definitely. And so that that's great. So the the move went well. You've been, you've been there for a few years now, is that right? Yeah, three years. Okay. And so did you have your bit, you had your business going um, when you were based in the UK and still running it when you moved to Spain or did you open it in Spain? No, it's a UK based business. Um, we've been managing it for 16 years now, so quite a long time. Um, mm-hmm. And that was probably the most challenging thing when we moved over was we have, um, I don't know if you have a similar thing in Canada, um, but in the UK, we have something called a, an LLP, so a limited liability partnership, which in Spain, it just doesn't really exist. And so trying hmm. to find um, accountants that would help us with all that kind, like our personal taxation, all that kind of stuff was tricky because no one really knew how to cope, how to deal with us, where to, which box, we didn't fit in any of the boxes. So, so that was quite tricky. Right. And so do you, because as, as an autonomo, which is how they, they do businesses in, in Spain, it's very different from North America and the UK as well. So did you, did you open up a corporation there as an autonomo? Uh, no, well, we're, we're, we've set up as an autonomo, yes, but um, we don't have a business based in Spain as such. It's just okay. And name, you know, we're not a registered business in the same way. Um, that we we are in the UK really but yeah and it's it it definitely is a lot more tricky there um in Spain how how they like to do things um they they definitely don't make it easy has been my my experience it gets done but it's not easy and, and everything takes a while yeah there's a lot of red tape and actually it varies a lot from area to area as well so um we're in the Valencia region so they have their own rules about things and then 
you know, so when you're trying to get advice from people, if you're speaking to someone in, you know, Madrid, for example, their experience mm -hmm. is very different to the experience that we've had in Valencia because they each area tends to do it in their own way, um, which can make it more complicated sometimes, I guess. That's right. It is really important to be speaking to to the right people in the region. Um, just for our listeners, in case they don't know, that in Spain there's 17 autonomous regions, and each of those autonomous regions have some of their own rules and regulations. So, just as you said, if you're in Valencia or the Valencia region, and you're talking for somebody, um, even in in Catalonia, where Barcelona is, or Madrid, or Bilbao or, or any different region, some of those rules and regulations are going to be very different. And so you could be told something that is correct for somebody in the region that they're in, but not exactly correct for the region that you're living in. Yeah. So it's like you said, it's important to find those people that can support you um, and know how the system works um, in that area so that you don't have to try and work it out yourself, especially with the language difficulties. I mean, when we first moved here, I mean, I hardly spoke any Spanish. So it just would have been impossible trying to do that on my own without without those language skills as well. So yeah, definitely right. speak to someone that, that knows what they're talking about. Yeah, in the region, in the region, yeah. very specific yeah. there. And so tell us a little bit about your business. So you've had it for 16 years. You're now running it kind of remotely. Um, how how is that working for you? Yeah, good. We have a digital marketing agency, um, and we've kind of focused on search marketing, so SEO and pay per click, that kind of thing. Um, most of our customers are based in the UK still. We do have some in other countries, but the majority are, are UK based, um, and we've always worked remotely. So. When we first started, actually, it was quite unusual to have a business that was structured in that way because, you know, we go to see clients and they'd be like, well, where's your office? And we say, well, we have a serviced office. We have meetings, you know, if we need to have meetings and things, we have an office where we can go and have a meeting with them. Um, but we don't all sit in an office and work together every day. My whole team will work remotely. Um, and so for us, it wasn't really much of a difference from that point of view. I've always, well, it feels like I've always done it. I haven't always done it, but... I'm very, very used to it. So mm -hmm. for us, in fact, um, I hate to use the C word, but when COVID happened, it actually made things a little bit easier for us, if I'm honest, because the way that people worked and communicated changed a lot. People right. got more used to doing things like this and, you know, video calls and and rather than having to meet face to face. So from that point of view, it actually made being in a different country a little bit easier. So how, how right. do you find it? Because obviously you're traveling a lot. Yeah, and I'm actually quite similar to you. I've been working from home for I bet you about 20 years. And so when I was first working from home, very similar, people, you know, if somebody would call me or something, I'd be at home and I'd chat for a minute and be like, oh, I have to go. And they're like, why? And I'm I'm working, but you're at home. Yes, but I'm working. You drive to the office. I just go up a few steps to my office. Um, and so, yeah, it was it was quite different back then. And, and you're right that since COVID hit and people working from home, if the doorbell rang, it, it's kind of no big deal now. People are used to that or a dog is barking. Um, thankfully, they were just mowing um, outside the the apartment here. And I was just thinking, I was like, oh gosh, I hope they quit mowing soon because it's noisy. But even if there was that bit of background noise, it's it's all it's more acceptable now. 
because people are used to it. We can't control it. A lot of people are still working from home, some going back. Um, and so for me, being able to travel and, and move around, it's working from home. I've just been doing it for so long. It, it's normal. Like in my early years, I did have a few jobs where I had to go into work. Uh, but I, I started my own business quite early. So, and it's still adjusting new, new places, but I've really, I've gotten better at it, but yeah, sometimes it's still, you know, I, I try to work early in the morning and what really messed me up in Spain though, is I would work early in the morning and then I would like to take kind of mid afternoon, take a break, go do grocery shopping, do my errands, do things like that. And then I could work again in the evening or after my daughter got home, after she went to bed, I would work again. Um, so I, I kind of had that routine from when I was working home, but when I moved to Spain, um, my daughter stayed in, she moved back to Canada, um, from Costa Rica and I moved to Spain and I still kind of had that routine though, but my problem was everything closes down around 1 2 o'clock for a few hours. And that was just when I was used to having that break because I would start work at six in the morning. And so that was some, some adjusting for me. Uh, to to kind of rearrange my my working hours because I still like to have that work for a while, take a break, then work again. So for me, that was the biggest adjustment was just the the way things work culturally um, with with time in in different areas as opposed to what I'm used to doing. Oh, that we found that exact same thing. You know, you'd you'd get to that time where you're like, actually, I need to go to the post office or I need to go to the bank or whatever it was. And yeah, it would be shot. And the other thing I found in Spain um, is that it's probably not quite the same in the city, but where we live, it's quite small. And so even if uh, somewhere says they're going to be open till a certain time, you'll go along and it will just be closed. And it, there'll be no like indication as to why it's closed. They'll just close or they won't open on time. Or So trying to get used to that was um, quite an adjustment coming from a place where everything is so instant and you can get access to everything when you want it. Um, but yeah, it takes, takes a little bit of time to get used to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, was, uh, it's definitely, you know, part of the adventure, part of the flexibility and, and one of the good things about um, working for ourselves and, and working from home. Like I love the fact that I can avoid the grocery stores on the weekends like, because, and I get people who work Monday to Friday, nine to five, that's when they have to go. So I've always, for the last 20 years, I do my best to avoid weekend shopping um, because I can just get things done faster when it's not, not as busy. So for me, that's one of the perks that I, that I like about working from home and, and myself. And, and I make up for that time though. There's times that I'll work often eight, nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night occasionally I'll get into writing something and all of a sudden it's two o'clock in the morning and I'm wondering why am I so tired oh well it's two in the morning good thing I don't have to be up early the next morning yeah I mean one of the benefits of having your own business and um working from home like you say is that flexibility isn't it that you can you know if you need to which is one of the reasons we set the business up in the first place, really, was to be able to go and, you know, see, see the kids at their school play or mm -hmm. go and spend time with our friends when they were around or whatever it might be. It just gives you that little bit of extra freedom because you can manage your own time. You're not reliant on someone telling you what, you know, what you can and can't do. Yes, there's times when that's not possible if something's happening with a client. But most of the time I can kind of plan my day around my life rather than planning my life around my work if that makes sense so absolutely 
Yeah, no, it's, it's true. So, so what have you found um, for yourself were some of your biggest challenges with moving to Spain, whether it like personal and work wise? From a personal point of view, I've, I've really wanted to integrate into the Spanish community. That was one of my big goals. And that was why we wanted to move somewhere where it wasn't a very, you know, heavily, heavily well known as a big expat area. Um, but it's been so difficult, so, so difficult. And I think maybe because it's such a small town, um, a lot of the Spanish already have their communities, they have their family and friends around them. And so they're not as open to meeting new people, maybe. Um, mm. So that's probably the most difficult thing from a personal viewpoint. From mm -hmm. a business viewpoint, I guess it is. I mean, I love traveling, as I said, but I mean, some sometimes it just is a little bit crazy. Like this year, I'm backwards and forwards all over the place. So that can be challenging when you, you're losing so much time um, mm. because you're spending it traveling because it takes a long time you know you catch a plane you have to wait at the airport you have to travel the other end and um it eats up a lot of time so that's probably the the biggest challenge and um, what about yourself what would you say if I I, I mean I was in I moving to Barcelona um I think was was fairly easy. I'm, I'm a very outgoing person. There's meetups, there's different groups and things like that. And there's a very large um, expat community there. So I find it, it's easy to meet people, um, but challenging to make friends. And so what I mean by that in a way is like, I can go out and I can ever, you know, meet people. There's, there's always ways to meet people, but I find with some events and, and I would go to some quite regularly that I would see the same people and often, oh, let's, you know, let's grab a coffee. Let's go for a wine. Sure. No problem. And then, you know, send a couple messages and nothing kind of comes of it. See them the next time again. Oh yes. I've just been busy. We'll get together. And again, and, and it kind of seems that in some cases, that is some people's social life is going to an event where me, I like to go to events, but I also like to go hiking and I like to go jogging and I like to, to do different things. Um, so it, it's a, there's a big difference between just meeting lots of people and having lots of acquaintances and getting to know people, but then getting friends. So in in the five years that I've been in Barcelona, I, I've met so many people, but I think true friends, probably about five. Mm -hmm. And they don't all yeah. live there. And that now, um, some of them do, some of them, of course, travel a lot, a couple have left. And I think that's also a problem too with expat communities and maybe why people don't really develop a lot of good friendships um, is because people leave. And, and I'm guilty of that too. Like I'm not there right now. I, I travel a lot. And so it is hard to have those, those deeper friendship connections. I think because people are a little bit guarded of, well, I don't want to become really good friends because if you're going to leave in a year or two years, you know, then maybe we should just more be acquaintances and love hanging out. Don't want to be too close because most people just leave, especially in a, in a city like Barcelona, like people are, are coming and going all the time. And some, it is their intention. I'm going to be here six months. I'm going to be here one year. I'm going to be here three years. And others, they come, I don't know how long I'll be there. You know, I might yeah. stay this long, I might go. And, and it's really kind of up in the air. So that can be part of the challenge too, of really making good friendships with people. I think as well, um, 
in that environment, you're kind of thrown together almost. So it's the same here. There is an expat community here. It's quite small. And all the friends I've made are in that expat community, yeah. ironically, um, which is great. And, I, you know, I'm open to meeting people from everywhere in the world. Um, but I think sometimes you end up spending time with people that you probably wouldn't do normally because you're all in this environment together. Mm. Nobody yeah. really knows anyone. So you all kind of get together and socialise. but it's always like forced sometimes. Yeah. It's almost to say there, there's a saying, and I, I'm probably going to get it a little bit wrong, but the, the people you meet in your life, you, you meet them like your friends. They're either for a reason, season, or a lifetime. And the reason is we meet many people and it, and it could be like reasons are kind of more of a short time. So it could be maybe you're just at a job, you're there for a couple of years or, or less and you're friends with people there because of the job, it's the reason. Or uh, a season could be something longer and it could be with kids. You're in the season, you have young kids and you're friends with other parents and things that you're friends with because you have kids and you have those things in common. Um, that can be part of the, the expat area too, could be that reason season time because you're all there, you have that in common, new, being an expat, living in the region. So it's that kind of reason season, but then very few people actually become our lifetime friends. So the, the reason is the biggest group. We, we meet many people. Seasons, they're less because it lasts longer. And then um, the, the smallest group are, are the ones that we become lifetime friends with. I love that. I've never heard that before. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's we meet people for a reason. A lot of people for a reason, many people for a season, and very few for a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, it, it, it makes sense when we think about it. Um, as expats, when we move to a new place, that we're, we have that in common. And, and I think sometimes, too, depending upon where we're living, especially if, if it's a smaller town or place and there's not as many expats, some people will travel, but then they also don't understand what it's like to be an expat and the frustrations and things that we go to moving to a new country where every expat gets it. They're like, oh, yeah, I've been there dealing with visas, immigration, opening bank accounts, schools for our kids when people who've grown up even just in the country, it doesn't necessarily have to be in that town or city. They just know all the things and it's easier for them because they've grown up there. They know how things work and they've known since they were little. So they don't, they don't really understand the frustrations and how hard it is to do things and especially to do it as an expat. Oh, that's so true. And it's the things that like you don't know you need to do because nobody, yes. it's not like you, you arrive in a country and someone hands you a folder that tells you, you know, this is everything you need to do. Now you've mm -hmm. arrived, that doesn't happen. And so some things it's like, you only find out because you've not done something that you should have done. And then, you you know, you get into trouble in some way and it's like, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. Sorry. Mm -hmm. um, or so or sometimes it's, sometimes. yeah. Or sometimes it's um, when, especially with documentation, you find it's it, documentation is always the worst, whether it's dealing with banks or immigration or something, they'll be like, oh, you need this document. It's like, but how do I get that? You need document A to do document B, but you can't do document B or you can't get document A until you do document B. But it's like, but I can't like getting a, a NIA. Um, so it's for some, it's like a, a social insurance number or things and opening up a bank account. There's a bit of a vicious cycle that you have to have a number before to open a bank account, but to get the bank account, you have to have the number. And it, and it just becomes, it's like, well, what am I supposed to do if I need both before both? So 
things like that also get very frustrating that, um, you know, for residents of the country, it's not an issue. No, no. And it takes forever to do anything. (laughs) It it does. And it's funny, people sometimes say to me, um, you know, like I say, oh, Spain's so frustrating, it takes time. Or when I was in Costa Rica, oh, Costa Rica is so frustrating, they're so slow. And I've come to the conclusion, every government is frustrating and slow because people said to me, oh, I'm sure in Canada, everything works perfectly. And I have a, a friend of mine who worked for an immigration lawyer. And I, I asked her some questions and she's like, for some, yes, for some things go smooth. But I think that's in every country. For some people, they get lucky, things just go smooth. But for the majority of people, it's not easy. There's always lost documents, missed stuff. Oh, now you need this and nobody told you. I don't, I don't think there's any one government in the world that does everything smoothly for everyone. I'm, I'm sure there's always people that have some type of issues with time and documents and paperwork. I think that's just government across the board. (laughs) Sometimes it feels like they do it on purpose just to annoy us. Well, you know, a thing that kind of I've often wondered is, so I get that governments are busy in documentation and immigration and things and, and, and processes get backed up. But my thought is when we were in COVID, all government agencies, from my understanding, were still working, but working from home. So after when I, I can't remember what I was getting, or I was just listening to something and they were saying, oh, they're still behind because of COVID. But I thought, well, nobody was applying during COVID. Like that was depending upon where you were at between lockdowns and working from home. Like nobody was really applying for anything for, for about a year, give or take on each end, depending upon where you're at. How could they still be behind from COVID? They should have been completely caught up from everything beforehand because there's been no new applications for, say, passports or or, documents, immigration, visas. Nobody was really able to apply. There wasn't stuff going on, or maybe a few were, but it would be a very small number compared to what was happening before because then once COVID was over... Um, I know in Canada, they were saying there was such a rush for passports and updates of passports. I'm like, oh, we're behind because of COVID. And I thought, well, no, if everybody was still working, maybe not quite everybody, but most, like people still should have been processing because if you're working from home, you should still be working. You should still be processing these things. There shouldn't be a backlog now, but maybe I'm just wrong. Apparently I'm just wrong because there's a backlog. (laughs) Well, even now it's like three years on. And even now, sometimes you'll get, you know, you'll call the company up and they'll have a message saying, oh, I'm sorry, we're we're really busy due to COVID or, you know, sorry, that's been delayed. It's because of COVID. And you're like, three years ago, come on now, you know, we should have right. sorted this out by now. That's just an excuse. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's a bad excuse now. Now it's yeah. it's it's really a bad excuse. So where do you see yourself moving forward? Do you plan staying um, where you're at? Are you not you sure think? really? Well, our son mm-hmm. goes off to university in another two years. So okay. we've been looking at maybe going somewhere else then. Um, just because it's, you know, so many places to go and explore. And I quite like the idea of spending a few months here and, and then going to a different country and spending a few months there and just traveling around and, and working and living. Um all over the place really that would be the dream I guess any specific destinations you're thinking about 
gosh, actually, funny enough, Costa Rica is on the list. Okay, it's beautiful. I'd also, yeah, <laughs> um, I'd also quite like to go out to the Far East, um, just mm -hmm. because it's an area of the world I've not really explored that much. Mm. Um, so that would be quite good, I think. I don't know. My sister lives in Australia. I'll probably go and spend some time out there with them. Every, I want to go everywhere. <laughs> I know that's that's part of the problem um, that I I have as well. Is I I love to travel, and it seems the more I travel, the more I want to travel. And I do it in a bit of a crazy way. Like I when I start to plan a trip. And I'm just like, oh, oh, I'm here. And it's so close to this other city. And that city is so close to next to this city in another country. And that one's so close. And all of a sudden I end up doing these kind of long trips. And then during it, unless I have an end point, I, I get to the point that I'm just, I don't want to travel anymore. I get tired of it because as you said earlier, it's, it's a lot. Like it's not, when I lived in Canada and I was running my business and I had my one or two week holidays, it was very easy to say, I'm going to Mexico. We're going to an all-inclusive resort because it was great because my daughter was quite small then, perfect for her. And it's like, okay, we're going to go. And you just go on, you look at some resorts, you pick one and it's done. It's quite easy. But now, um, because I do a lot more, it's it's kind of, okay, what, what flights are best, whether it's sometimes cost, sometimes time-wise, because there's times that I look and I'm like, I don't want you know, three layovers, like from flying from Montenegro to Canada. It's long. I think it's something like 22 hours. It's always three flights. And, and so it's long. So I always, and I always try to find a shorter way, like if I can get it in two or stuff. So I spend a lot of time planning that um, and, and where else I'm going. And then it's when I'm there and I, then I'm always looking at the map, what's nearby that I'd like to see, because I like to visit more than one city because it's great to see one, but you know, when I hear people say, oh, yeah, I've been to Spain. I spent three days in Barcelona. I mean, yes, you've been to Spain. That is true. And Barcelona is great to see. But I mean, there's so much more to see in Spain. Right. And so and, and I know that every country, whether you're traveling north, south, east or west, like depending upon the shape of the country, there's so many different things, whether sometimes it's cultural, whether it's food, um, nature are completely different. And so. I, I like to try to see at least two or three different spots within a country. And then as I'm looking at the map, then I realize how close it is to another country. And then I'm like, oh, well, I'm so close. I might as well just hop on a train or it's a short flight, especially with travel in Europe. It's so inexpensive compared to North America. Yeah, I think that's why I like the idea of spending like an extended amount of time somewhere so that you can almost live there for a few months and really get to explore the area understand the culture a little bit more um mm -hmm. because like yeah it can be tiring you know it's definitely been tiring for me a lot you know with a lot of travel that I've been doing this year and so yeah still, it's again it's all about that balance isn't it it's, it's about right. doing the stuff you enjoy in a way that works for you that you mm -hmm. know gives you that need to go and explore the world but also so you get a little bit of stability somewhere because mm -hmm. otherwise you just don't know where you are right and I think that's one of the the perks too of working from home that home can be anywhere and and in a way it makes travel better because I like now I don't even I wouldn't even consider really going anywhere for a week 
where before I was like, I'm going for a week. It's great. And it's only because I think I lose a day getting there. I lose a day getting back by the time, you know, everything goes. And then if I can stay longer, I'm also still working because I'm, I'm the type I still, it's very rare for me to take days off work. I'm always doing a few little things at minimum for work. And so I think if I go somewhere for a week, I lose two days. Plus I know I'm still going to be doing bits of work. Um, that really, I now look at longer and I, and I think it's better because I can do more. I can still work. I can do more things and, and I can stay more. And I do, I also do house and pet sitting. And so that has helped me travel a lot too, because I love pets, grew up with them, had them most of my life. But then once I started traveling more after my, my last dog had passed, um, I decided no more pets but I'm going to do house and pet sitting. So then I go and I get my pet fix, whether it's hanging out with a cat for a while or taking care of a dog. And, and even with those, I look for a minimum two weeks because I know I'm still, I'm taking care of the pet. I'm still working and I still want to do some of the stuff. You know, I don't want to have to get in as much sightseeing as possible every single day. Cause I'm only there for five days. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's the one nice thing is we can extend those, those travel times longer and, and really enjoy it more and take it in and not be like, oh, we got to go here and now we got to go there. And and then, oh, now I got to work really late tonight, wake up tired tomorrow because I got to get in these places. So it, it definitely yeah. is the benefit. And just even getting up early, the, the packing beforehand, getting to the airport security, it's almost like that hurry up, got to go, hurry up and wait. And then, oh, hurry up, hurry up, now wait. Now, oh, hurry up, hurry up, now wait. Yeah. No, it is. And you don't want it to become a chore almost. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to you want it to be something that you continue to enjoy. Otherwise, what's the point? Right. And I've I've had that one time I, I was traveling a lot and I got to a new city in a new country and I saw one of the monuments. I'm not going to be naming anything because I know people will be saying, like, how dare you think that <laughs> of this place? And, this and I saw it and I was like, really, that's it what's the big deal and then I thought oh caught myself I was like oh Sally that's it you need to stop traveling for a while when you're not appreciating the things that people from all over the world come come to see and and until you do it like I used to think there's no way I'd ever get tired of travel but until you do it you you don't realize that yes it it can happen and and does happen so it's it's nice to have that flexibility of I can work from home, I can travel when I want, but I can take those longer trips. So I still work, I still enjoy it, still getting business done, um, meeting new people, eating different food, and and kind of having that balance. And that's that's definitely something I still need to work on. And I've been doing this for years. And and I I, I mean, COVID was good for me when we first I was in Spain and we had the the lockdown where we couldn't leave and I was I was fine with it because just before then that the year before in 2019 I was something crazy I think I was in and out of eight or ten countries 20 times like it was I was ready to just be like I'm ready to settle in Spain I'm gonna travel within Spain if I do any and then of course I couldn't go anywhere because of of the lockdowns but I, the timing for it for me was fine. It was good. Thankfully, if it was six months earlier or a year earlier, I don't know what I would have done because I had kind of that whole year planned out. So it would have really messed up my schedule. Right. And then, and sometimes I do feel bad because 
you do kind of take it when you travel a lot you do kind of take it for granted a little bit and it's making sure that you don't so in June this year I had um, I went to New York for it was a work trip but we were going to do some fun things as well and I just had one of those journeys that was just terrific my flight got delayed and then I missed my connecting flight then I had to wait like four hours at the airport for another flight got that flight got to New York my luggage didn't turn up with the plane went to my hotel that was fine it took over 24 hours for my luggage to turn up and so they said to me it's fine you just go out and and just go and buy you know what you need and then you can claim it back from the airline um but of course I'm staying in just off Times Square I get to my hotel at like midnight the only thing that's open are these like gift shops mm. so, I'm, <laughs> so I'm like well I have to get something I have nothing to wear <laughs> Luckily, I always pack um, spare underwear, my hand luggage, always. So I had some spare underwear. So I ended up with like a New York T-shirt. I love New York. I'm right now, you're like, I'm not loving it. (laughs) No. I was like, the next day I was going to, I had a work thing all day. So I'm there, you know, and I've got my New York T-shirt, but that's about it. Um, and then but then when you feel bad then if you complain about it, because it's like, Mm -hmm. hang on a minute, so many people. You know, and I appreciate the fact so many people don't get the opportunity to travel and would absolutely love it. And so I think sometimes you have to kind of just remind yourself of that because mm-hmm. it's easy when you're doing it a lot and you're working and you're busy and you're here and there and you get to see all this great stuff. Um, and it is like you said, seeing that monument and being like, oh, nothing special. And you have to kind of take that step back and think, hang on a minute, let's just take yeah. this in, appreciate it. And just be grateful right. for, for the fact I can come here and see this stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and so I have been back to that other country a few times and I've really enjoyed it. And it's been great for the one that I knew because you're right. It's taking that step back. Um, but also lesson learned for everybody. Whenever you travel, you make sure you pack at least one change of clothes in your carry on yeah. just in case. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Lesson learned. Lesson learned yeah. from that. The thing is, I would normally do that, and I don't know why I didn't. But and it's just typical, isn't it? But there mm-hmm. you go. That that one time. Excellent. And so, um, what uh, it was with your son? Is he going to un- planning university in Spain or back to the UK or elsewhere in the world? Is, or is he not sure what he's doing yet? He's going to go back to the UK. Um, okay because he wants to do um, computer science. And that's, okay. even though he's fluent now in Spanish, well, pretty well fluent in Spanish, it's still very different, as I'm sure you appreciate learning a subject mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So, yeah, so now and then go back to the UK. Right, so, so then all the kids will be in the UK and you are an empty nester. Yes. Yes, that's interesting. A lot, a lot more freedom, although I'm sure he's pretty, pretty independent now. Yes, he doesn't take much looking after. Um, and I tend to spend my free time working now. Um, <laughs> so that's all good. That and balance, free time working because then we travel more. But if you love your job, like for me, I work 
sometimes ridiculous hours. Like I don't watch TV if I'm at home and I'm not reading a book or meditating or do I'm, I'm working on a project, whether it like something for my business, I'm always working on because I love what I do. And so for me, it's not, oh, I have to work. It's, I, I just, it's what I need to do. It's what I like to do. And, and I would rather do that than watch TV. No, I get, yeah, I'm the same, exactly the same. Sometimes I have to kind of, again, make that time to get away from work too. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> the mm-hmm. kids sometimes, because they're all here at the moment, they're all visiting. So it's like, you know, oh, come on, it's 10 o'clock. This is crazy. You need to step away, get out of the office, go and do something else. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, because my default is to work. And I don't know yeah. if that's a healthy thing or not a healthy healthy thing I don't know but I really love what I do so I don't really think there's that much wrong with it it's not Hmm. affecting my health in any way so Hmm. I'm I'm very similar and and I like I don't think it's unhealthy because to me if it what like there's what else could you be doing okay physical activity like I love going out hiking on on the weekend or even if I have friends that are going during the week doesn't happen often but I'll do those things but if I'm at home because I'm not out doing something and the option is to what scroll Instagram and watch cat videos. No, thanks. Mm-hmm. Even though sometimes they are cute and funny. So, you know, but I, I don't, I, you know, or, or watch TV. And unless it's um, like a good documentary, like something I'm, I'm always about, I love learning things. So if I'm not doing something that that's learning, like I'm not just going to go watch, I don't know, whatever, like, I don't barely even watch the news. I, I kind of get it on my phone and stuff. So I know what's going on in the world, but most of it's negative anyway. So for me, I just think, well, why, why wouldn't I work on things that I like doing, you know, having podcast interviews, doing edits for it, um, working on an article, doing some research um, about maybe my next topic or kind of what's going on within my industry. I enjoy doing those things. So I would rather do that than watch TV or like, I don't know. I don't know what other scroll through Instagram or Facebook or I'm not slamming any of them. TikTok, all of them, all of them or none of them. <laughs> so what do you do to relax? I know you mentioned hiking and I, I also hike quite a bit. I think it's quite common in Spain for people to go hiking. Mm. It seems to be the activity um, that everyone likes to do at the weekend. Um, same, a lot of people here. Um, and I've met, actually met quite a lot of people from hiking in the in the area. So that's quite, it's been mm. quite good from that point of view. But so what else do you do to relax then? Um, so hiking or just going for walks, like go for, it's different in Canada. There's not, just the way the cities are designed are so different. Um, so it's, it's quite spread out, but I, I do enjoy when I'm in Barcelona, I walk everywhere. And so if I have anything to do, my rule of thumb generally is if it's under 45 minutes, I just walk unless it's really hot, then I'll take the Metro. Um, I don't have a car. So I, I love that, that I can, I can walk everywhere. So I walk or ride the bike. There's the community bike program, um, go to the beach. Sometimes I'll relax, go to the beach, bring a book or, or go for a coffee. Um, if I'm by myself, cause I do a lot of travel by myself, I'll, I'll bring a book with me. Um, I'll read, uh, other times, like if I'm at home and it's a rainy day and I just don't feel like working, I'll, I'll read a book or, um, watch a documentary, um, I do a little bit of photography on and off. I've I've got a, a pretty good camera that I I used a lot. I've kind of not been using it as much lately, but every now and then I'll I'll get it out and just go out and play with it and take some photos. And I get about 
I don't know, two or three like perfect, amazing photos out of a hundred. So thank goodness everything's digital now because there's no way I would have been able to do it when we were using film. Um, but yeah, and just like kind of hanging out with friends. Um, movie, the odd time I'll go to a movie, not too often, but maybe because the, I on my flights, especially when I'm flying from Canada, anywhere I usually get caught up on movies on on the the flights, even though they're not the new new releases. But I'm not that big into it that it doesn't matter to me. So, and I love having dinner parties. Like I love having dinner parties, going to dinner parties or hosting dinner parties. That's something I really love doing. And I, I, I put a lot of work into them, um, but I, I really enjoy it. I love to, I, I hate to cook. I really dislike cooking, but if I'm having a dinner party, I love cooking. Like I love cooking for a dinner party. I hate cooking just for myself. That's a different type of cooking, isn't it? That's yeah. like creating something. Mm-hmm. And for people, right? It's for others. And, and so I'll make things, but if it's just me, I'm like, oh, and then I make sure the table's decorated. And yeah, uh, those, those things, I, I love doing things with people. Yeah. Well, if you could leave the listeners with one kind of last tip of, um, you know, moving abroad, having your company um, working remotely with, with literally your company being kind of based in, in another country, what, what are one or two kind of tips that, uh, that you would give to them? Um, in terms of moving somewhere, I'd always say to try and like maybe stay in the area first before you settle on somewhere, because when you're on holiday or you're only visiting for a short time, it's very different to living somewhere. Um, so I see quite a few people come out to different places and buy somewhere straight away and then realize it's not the right area for them. Um, so I definitely recommend you spend a bit of time somewhere first. From a working remotely point of view, I'd say just from working from home and working on your own, I guess, you know, in your own little bubble mm-hmm. is to, you just have to be disciplined. You have to be very focused about what you're gonna be doing each day um, and try and separate yourself from everything else in the house to try and have a workspace that's away from the rest of the house so that you can see that even if you don't have a room you can use as an office you see that as your office so when you're there you're at work and when you step away from it you're not at work I think that would be my my two little snippets of advice there Yes, and I, I agree. It's very important to to have that dedicated office space. And so, Claire, if people wanted to get in touch with you um, for for you to help them uh, with all your experience and with getting leads and and business stuff, where could they find you? Um, probably the best way is to come find me on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is at Claire Lou Taylor, um, and yeah, come find me there. That's probably the best place. Okay, perfect. And we will have the link to that in our show notes for everyone. Well, thank you very much, Claire, for your time. We really appreciate it. And I'm sure our listeners got some valuable information. Great. Thank you for having me. It was really nice to speak to you today.